everybody, and welcome again to Casual Nonsense. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Quick reminder to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. Maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Apple, maybe it's some other amazing space where you listen to podcasts. Whatever it is, I appreciate you. So in today's episode, I'm joined by Brandy Michelle, and she talks about her journey to becoming a successful copywriter. Uh, how does she prioritize her lead generation and really why adapting to AI is beneficial for all entrepreneurs. Uh, going into this conversation, I knew exactly zero about what a conversion copywriter does. And after this conversation, I know slightly more than zero. So it's good to, to learn about what it does. Uh, you know, I had a really good chat with Brandy uh, and I think you'll enjoy the listen. Thanks. Okay, today hanging out with uh, with Brandy. Uh, Brandy, I don't want to. Is it Mitchell? Michelle? I don't want to pronounce it. Michelle. 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 Okay, mm -hmm. sweet. Yep. Well, listen. Welcome to Casual Nonsense. Uh, I'm glad you could make it on today. How's how's things going? It's going great. Today's Friday, so I'm ready to slide into the weekend, and it's uh, two o'clock. So I'm I'm keeping busy today, and I'm just excited to be here and share some stories with you. Nice. Hey, listen, if you need to crack open some uh, like some beer or wine, listen, this is judge <laughs> judgment free area is what we have here. So <laughs> so have at it. Uh, or you can no wait till one knows what I'm sipping. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. All on the audio, so it's as far as we know it's water. Right. Yeah. Right. Nice. I'm probably gonna get this wrong, so I'm gonna let you correct me, but uh, so you are I don't wanna minimize this. So you are a copywriter. Okay. Right. Um, I know mm -hmm. you do more than copyright, so why don't I let you tell me what what do you what do you do? What's going on with you? So I'm a co conversion copywriter. So I help coaches sell their coaching programs on their sales page. So I write copy that converts into sales. Basically, I help them tell their story. I help them shape what their program does, who they're specifically targeting, and create a compelling message that gets people to take action. And whatever the goal is for the sales page, if it's signing up, if it's joining a membership, buying their program, whatever it is. So it's copywriting that is designed for the conversion of whatever the goal is. And typically that's sales. So in okay. um, my area of specialty, if you will, is that I'm passionate about storytelling. So I, uh, in connection, so when you're a coach, it's, it's, you know, no more like coach speak, you know, like the living your best life and, you know, break through your limiting beliefs. And everyone is like, what does that even mean? So being able to help them to create copy or create a message that makes sense and speaks directly to their target audience, their specific avatar that they're reaching, who it is that they are helping, the problem that they're solving for that individual um, you want to create copy that speaks to, directly to them. So when they're reading it, they're like, wow, you're in my head. Mm. She understands or he understands everything that I'm struggling with. They're validating me, making me feel good about it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I can trust this person. I feel safe. You know, all of those good things. So that's basically what I do. So all of that into a couple mm -hmm. sentences when you first get on like someone's web page or pamphlet yeah. or something like that. So if you, you, it's a whole, it's a whole long, it's a long form sales page, but you know, you're, you're catching them with a headline, your hook, you're engaging them into the story, you're bringing them on a journey all the way down to the button where they click and hopefully go to the checkout page and put their credit yeah, card pay information here. in. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I always find it funny. I know it's been a long time term, right? We say, oh, this is the copy 
Uh, I don't have a better word for it, but I think we got to come up with a better word for copy because, you know, it has double meaning. So I always get uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> my own uh, my own ignorance of like uh, we got to come up with something better. Like I get it, but uh, I'll be honest. When I started doing more research and podcasting, I'm like, what are they talking about? Copy? I'm just so ignorant to that. I'm not living in that world. And now that I've gotten more right. into that area, but anyway, messaging. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, it's, it's, it's marketing regardless. Right. So you're just trying to right. put that out there, but you're trying to put that, I don't know. I'll have to, I'm going to, I'm going to workshop that. I'm going to come up with something and coin a new phrase at some point. That'll be my claim to fame. Yeah. Let me know what you come up with. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let you use it. You know, we'll, we'll try it out, you know. Right. I'll steal it. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is something that you really enjoy doing. Did you go to, uh, like, how do you, how do you get inside like a client's head? You know, so if I come to you and I don't know, I don't have this written down, but let's say creating training videos for, I don't know, how to, how to change the oil in my car, right? So what I want is people to join my oil changing class or whatever, right? So you do, you must do a lot of research on what that is. So you yeah. can kind of figure that out a little bit and come up with a hook. You as the coach or you as the course creator, you're the expert on your, um, your method, your framework, what it is that you do, the delivery. And so you're the expert, but it is my job to work closely with you as as my client to understand not only what you do and how you do it, but exactly who it is that you serve. So there's an uh, if you're if you are, if you do have an oil change class or a course <laughs> or, or you're trying to teach people how to let's say um, start their own oil change business, you know it could be a lot of variations to that. But you you have someone specific in mind. So I'm thinking off the top of my head, um, you know, this you might serve men, you know, generally speaking, yep. um, although women would be welcome. But, you know, that might be a starting point. And they may be, you know, wanting to be curious about starting a business. They may be auto enthusiasts, you know, or former mechanics, you know. So you're going down into the psychology of who this person is. You're, you're learning a bit about um, what their struggles are, their goals, their desires, those types of things. So you're weaving through. You have to nail your ideal client avatar is kind of what, what we call it, or your ideal client. Okay. And so you're creating a picture of who that person is because you have to know that in order to be able to speak to them. Because if you're if you just say, you know, this is a class, you're really just sharing information. Okay, so I have an oil change class. I'm going to teach you how to do XYZ. These are all the programs and the modules that you're going to get. And these are all the things you're going to learn how to be able to do. And you'll walk away with this. But there's no connection point. You know, you're not telling your story of why, why do you even why did you want to start an oil change? So, you know, it's it's a bit of um, it's, it's a lot of work on the front end. And a lot of research. So, and I'll, you know, I, I do research calls. So if you have previous customers that you work with, you know, say pe- people who have taken that course, I'm, I'm talking with them. I'm getting your, what we call voice of customer. Um, I'm trying to learn their speak. Like we have an industry jargon. They have yeah. the, the way that your customer speaks about that idea isn't always necessarily the way we speak as the professionals in the industry. So being you want to be able to talk not in your industry jargon, but you want to talk about your offer in your customer's language. So that there's a lot of nuances to it. Like using a word like copy, you got to know what copy means. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. You're like, what is copy? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. 
perfect. All right. All right. Uh, that's, I mean, that's definitely in the, uh, the marketing wheelhouse, right? So is that, yeah. did you go to school mm-hmm. for that? No, I've been in the was it content marketing business for since about 2016, 2017. Um, I love marketing. So I basically dove into any kind of book, marketing courses, all, all the things. I didn't go to school for marketing. Um, I mean, I do have my A degree in various marketing courses, but I find most of that stuff is pretty outdated. By the time you get sent into a university, things are already changing. The marketing yeah. world right now is is moving at lightning speed and it's always evolving. So it's not something that you need to have a, a degree per se, but a, just a, a hunger for it to continually learn and test and figure out what's working, what's not working. Because what was working in 2020, 2021 is not working in 2023. I see. So um, you just have to always be out um, learning being in the marketing community. And, and most of all, you have to be marketing. <laughs> and you probably have you know, to keep your, your enemies closer, so to speak, right? Like you must have competitors, maybe you know, and kind of see what they're doing and follow where the trends go, yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the copywriting community is, a, is kind of a, a close-knit community as well as like coaching. So you have your competitors, but you also, I, I like to work with people that I can support. So I have a lot of like on social media copywriters that follow me and I follow them. We support each other because like, say, for example, if I'm a copywriter, I might work with like wellness coaches. And so another one may work with business coaches or service providers. So we'll usually, you know, know who, who does what and then refer business to each other. I was going to mention something like that, too. So you specialize in a certain field. Like so I use the example of oil changing. But if if you're not in the automotive industry, that's something that you right. probably pass that off to someone who's more of an expert in that field. I see. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Then you're not trying to take on everything all at once and then. Right. And I, I just, I, I really don't think that, especially now, like the, one of the methods is being a generalist versus a specialist. I, I, it's always better to be a specialist than a generalist. Really uh, going into your niche that you do well. Okay. Um, it makes you more marketable and referable. So people say, oh, I know Brandy. She does, you know, X, Y, Z. And so um, it's not what I do. Like I just referred a couple of clients. Somebody referred a client to me. That's not what I handled, but I knew a couple of people that I could refer them to. That's good. That's good. You know? the, the hope mm-hmm. is that they give you the respect and do the same to you when, sure. when, you know, if and when the time comes, right? So with that too, you must have to be an expert in like SEO techniques, right? So search engine optimization, you got to be on top of that. You got to know, uh, I mean, there's programs out there for like hashtags, things like that. So as you get into social media, I mean, you got to have 20 hashtags off the top of your head at any <laughs> at any given moment, right? That's interesting. Yes. Now, I, I love SEO, um, but it is a bit a little bit less relevant in this arena. But when I was in my previous business, that's literally what I built my business off of, okay. which was keyword research, SEO, understanding how to get the Google search traffic, um, understanding what my target audience was searching for, and then delivering on that um with a sales page and like a coaching offer that is a lot less relevant because you're depending on your traffic sources say your email list your social media your ad campaign to drive to that offer because seo is the long game so you could be launching a product or a program you know in the next six months and then you want to you know pause that open it up or you know whatever and so you know trying to match keywords to get drive search traffic to your um, sales page is probably not the best method. I see. So, but if you were say um, creating blog content to drive traffic to that offer, now that's where your SEO would come in or social media, your, like you said, hashtags, 
if you wanted to get certain, you know, uh, a blog post or, or a, a post on Instagram or whatever, you would use, you know, hashtag search so that people would find you that way. I see. But all those things leading up to your your free offer or your directly to your sales page offer. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does make sense. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I'm trying to figure out, like, so if you're someone looking for a specific item, like. Just, just keep using the oil change reference. Like, you know, I'm searching for that. So you, you're instantly having someone like, you don't necessarily have to have good SEO for that because they're already searching for that, you know? So they're going to, they're going to find that regardless. Okay. It seems like, uh, some fine lines that go on there, but I think having the knowledge of it has got to be helpful so you can recognize when you need it, when you don't. Right. And I ask that because I'm, I'm learning SEO a little bit, like, you know, self, self teaching, you know, watching YouTubes and, and reading articles. So trying to do that for a couple of sites that I'm trying to work on and, you know, including this podcast. So it's, it's tough because you think you have it and then you just, you can't just set it and forget it. Right. You got to go back. And so I'm telling you, like, you don't know. Right? <laughs> I love SEO. Um, and like I said, I built my, my previous business on, on SEO. It's an interesting, it's, it's ever evolving. And so it depends on like Google will flip the, their algorithm. Yeah. And, and change the game. And I actually, I'm, I'm in a huge, I'm, I'm, I'm in the favor of Google doing that because being in this business, there are so many scammers and spammers out there, you, you know, that just um, creating content. And now with the uh, chat GPT and AI, um, which I'm not saying I'm a fan of or not a fan of, um, it just opens up the door to make what people were already doing before, like, oh my gosh, exponentially more easy. So those algorithms are there to really help us who are out here trying to create real quality content to um, get out there. But it does sometimes hurt you as you know, it's like it's like it's it's like catching a big net, right? You get caught up in it sometimes. So a lot lot of people in the blogging industry who were making, oh gosh, six figures off their blogs would sometimes get swept up in these huge uh, Google algorithm uh, updates and would lose like half their traffic, really? which would lose half their income overnight. Wow. And so that's where the whole, a lot of that in the niche site, I'm sure you've heard of that. That's what I, uh, that's where I moved into. I started with one site and ended up with four, which was because really a lot of it was because of that whole phenomenon of Google's updates and people losing their traffic. You didn't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So if you knew how to do it, you could duplicate it with another site and then another site and another site. I see. And so if one got hit into, you know, this update, your other blogs, your other sites would be okay. Hmm. That was kind of the idea. And so people would just continue to grow more and more sites so they could diversify their income. That's a lot to manage too many sites. Uh, it is. <laughs> so uh, building off that a little bit then, you know, you mentioned AI. For it or against it, do you avoid it on purpose? Or, you just, or do you use it a little bit yeah. or still kind of trying to figure it out? I use it um, because the, the foundation of how we really have to be, whether we like it or not, you have to use <laughs> no it. No adapt, right? I don't know if you follow Gary Vee to quote him. He's like, uh, he says something early on. I, I was kind of in the beginning. I was like, I don't know how I feel about it. And he was like, look, either one way or another, the people who are going to win long term are the people who are using it. Sure. Um, whether you're a proponent or a fan of it, you have to know how to use it because eventually it will be a part of our everyday life. And if you don't know how to use it, you're going to get left behind. So that kind of flipped the light bulb for me, which was, okay, I need to get, get it together and uh, learn. I don't use it in my copy. 
I don't use it to give me copy, but I use it in the capacity of like a business assistant. Um, mm. It kind of helps to break down certain processes. And, you know, because I really don't love the return that you get from copy ideas. I find I, I find it kind of frustrating, to be honest. It's because it's, it's about your prompts. You know, you, get, you put garbage in, you get garbage about out. So you have to train it, and it really... It's, it's like training an assistant, you know, that, you know, trying to teach them everything. It's almost like, oh, I'll just do it myself, especially when you're pressed for time. You're like, forget it. Let me just do it myself. You know, it, it has its moments with me, okay. but I do use it. I play yeah. with it a little bit. I haven't, um, I haven't fully dove in. Uh, and this is just, I'm talking just about like chat GPT, but I felt, I saw yeah. this, uh, post on social media the other day and it was, uh, it was like this, I don't know, it was like a graphic, right? It was this big, like wheel of a graphic. And I mean, it had like 50 different AIs on there. Like there was broken into, this is for video. Yeah. This is for, you know, just for chatting. And it just had different categories. And I was like, this is unbelievable. So like, I got to spend like a weekend just kind of Googling what these things do and try to figure some things out yeah. and like, Hey, how can I use this? How can I learn some of these things? You know, cause not all of them are going to be winners. You know, some of them probably going to be great. Some of them, not so much. I don't know. So I've used ChatGPT yeah. a little bit uh, to help with some search stuff. I've tried searching and say, hey, give me some ideas for these keywords, and then I'll compare it to what yeah. I already had. And I'll say, oh, maybe I'll add in a couple more, or I'm able to like check that keyword with my you know, my key logger, or not, not key logger, but um, the program, right? And then uh, I can say, yeah, okay. research. Mm-hmm. yeah. So then I can just kind of mm-hmm. compare it and say, oh, let me add this in. So Because every time I, I'll post something, you know, you want to put the hashtags for you know, the subject you're talking about. So that's something, usually something new for me. So this will be a perfect example of that because I don't know much about copywriting. So what other keywords can I put in there so that anyone interested in that field, hopefully come across this blog, uh, come across this podcast and say, Oh, they're talking about copywriting. Let me, let me take a listen. And then, you know, who knows? Yeah, it's interesting and it's still evolving, but I, I do like that, you know, like there's a, like you can trend, you can plug your transcripts of your podcast into softwares that will just yeah. transcribe the whole thing for you and put it into a blog post or, you know, break it up and put it in, you know, t- tell, tell chat, G- chat GPT to take this and put, give me five emails out of it or something. And it, you know, and it's not going to be perfect. And obviously you have to train it to know your voice and style and all of that. Um, but it, it, it gives you a starting point, especially if you're overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, or you just kind of feel blocked, you know, create creativity will kind of spark that. And then you're like, oh, okay. And you'll catch something. And, yeah. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll take it from here, chat GPT. That's a great way to describe it, actually, uh, when you're feeling yeah. blocked. Yeah. So I made a uh, – this is what I liked about it. So my uh, my son wants to he's, – he's trying to get, like, writing and stuff. He's, he's, he's working on, like, a book he's trying to write on. And I said, hey, you should do a children's book because he has a one-year-old son. Mm-hmm. I went into chat GPT, and I punched in uh, – the, the name I wanted to give him, like, and I was in my head, I'm picturing like, like Buzz Lightyear kind of cartoon from, you know, so I, I plug something in. I'm like, hey, this is the hero and he's going to defeat, you know, Dr. The evil Dr. Watermelon. And I'm like, go. And then it spat out like a page and a half and it started adding other characters and it give this whole thing. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like this, I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. Like this is a book that would be great for like, like a kid's book, you know? And I said, you should do something like that. Like you kick it in there, you find out some information and then build off it or whatever. And, you know, like you said, I think it, it gives you, it can give you that motivation, which I think is awesome. You know, hopefully it's it's not just, yeah, that's what I mean. Not just, you know, plagiarizing the entire thing and say, oh, let me just, you know, I think there's plenty of stories like that where uh, if you just 
cut and pasted. I think it has like ChatGPT up top, and I think professor or teacher or something like you kind of start looking out for that to be like, oh, this is original copy, huh? So okay, so as a uh, a creative, as you're referred to, right? Right. The struggle I see with this, and you correct me if I'm wrong again. You know, there's no, there's not a steady paycheck coming in, right? So how mm-hmm. how much anxiety does that give you? Like, are you are you busy enough where you just have clients back to back or if you have downtimes you have to just be smarter with you know when you spend or what you spend money on just to or maybe you got a sugar daddy I don't know but you know whatever the case is right (laughs) (laughs) so like what what do you go through when those happen like is there certain times of the year where uh, you, you find yourself busier or is it just kind of luck of the draw? Well, it's an interesting question because I left the corporate world about 17 years ago when I was pregnant with my first daughter. And so uh, my evolution of being in business for myself has changed and you know gone through a lot of um, cycles and, and different you know reinventions between my husband and I. So I'm very well acquainted with the feast or famine way of life. Okay. And the famine part is not fun. Um, and so you have to really, I've had to learn to prioritize lead generation and just always doing whatever, you know, putting a like tre- treating lead generation as my job, especially when your business is new. So my business, I started this part, this new business of mine, the copywriting part I've launched this year. So a huge priority of mine is just getting in, in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Um, and so in talking to as many people as possible about my business and what I do and how I can help them. And so, you know, I, I get it. It is, it is scary, but I guess it's something that I'm used to. And there are, you know, your, your busy season, the summer is always a bit slower because people kind of take their foot off the gas and people are, you know, enjoying their, their summertime, their vacations. So people are less intentional, but what I'm trying to get in and not trying to, but just people recognize that it's important to yes, enjoy the summer. Yes. Enjoy your family and all the things you want to do, but still don't, don't take your foot off the gas because the buying season in the fall when kids go back to school and, this is when people, and it's just that season where we're all excited about like new beginnings and whatnot. And then, of course, after the New Year's, that's another, you know, peak time for getting into like coaching and you know programs and launching courses because everybody wants to live their best life. Yeah, J- in that January, year. everybody has something new to do. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's like the the season leading up to Black Friday and all of those those that 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 buying season up to the holidays and then after the holidays. So summer is just naturally a bit of a slower time. So we're you know you're you're obviously trying to keep yourself booked as you possibly can, but also working on the projects that you are also going to be launching you know in the fall and, and whatnot. So um, always be creating, never stay stagnant. Okay. So for me, it's always thinking about how I can best create something new and fresh that I can serve my audience with. And um, instead of saying like, so I have services that I do. So it's a general service. You know, I have a couple of services that I do that, that those don't change. But I'm in the offer creation business, just like I do for my clients. I also do. So I'm always thinking of what would be a good program or a workshop or um, some type of digital offer that I can launch in addition to the services I do. So if you want to do it yourself, you want to do it together. Like, so you have like three categories. You have the done for you. Like I do it for you. You don't have time. You don't want to, you're, you're, you're a busy coach. You don't have time for that. So I do it for you. 
then um, the second is, is done with you. So I may have like an intensive or a group coaching session and it's obviously a lower price point. You're, you're doing it yourself, but we're kind of doing it together as a done with you service. And then you have your DIY. So there could be like, you know, I don't have any DIY offers at the moment, but a lot of copywriters will have things like templates and, you know, plug and play type things. I don't offer those yet. I'm not saying that I won't, but I don't have any of that. But that's that would be that kind of uh, or a course on how to write your own sales page. Like quick quick sale that items kind of too, right? If you have those things. So yeah. you can click to, oh, I just, yeah. I don't need a whole package. If I can use this, here's a yeah. few bucks or whatever you charge for it. And then boom, right? Yeah. That's cool. And that's how you really leverage your time and you're not being completely trade, trading your time for dollars, um, which is something that I never want to do completely is just being a one-on-one service provider, yeah. but also having the, the, the passive income, which is the, that's the knowledge that I come from. My, my previous business, most of my income was passive. So I took uh, a year off. I, in was it 2020, well, uh, 2021, I think it was. And, and I mean, I didn't hardly do any work in my business at all. And I had income coming in steady. Nice. So, um, you know, that is like the true passive, passive income. Like I didn't even touch it. It was just working on its own. But I mean, passive income eventually does drive. You don't touch it. You don't have the passion for it. Eventually it does get to a point where you're like, okay, this ain't going to last forever. You got to... <laughs> Yeah, but you know. it's awesome that you had it set up that way, though. I think that's, uh, yeah. you know, you look at, the, yeah, that that's a goal for a lot of, I think a lot of creatives, right? Like you want to have that, like yeah. either whether it's from a client or what, you know, like I said, the, the items that you might sell. So I think that's pretty solid because you, you said you had a couple of um, like websites or blogs that you had that you had, mm-hmm. had sold uh, without getting into too much detail about that. Uh, I think I was curious if uh, like, are they still are they still like running? Like now that you're not running them anymore, are they still successful, if you will? Yeah. So um, I can't like give the, the details, but they were in a few niches. That So basically how I chose, I'm really just one of those people who I'm not in it for, I am in it for the money. I'm not going to well, lie. But I'm, I'll take I'm the checks. Trying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I need to pay the bills. These kids cost money. I got three of them and they're always asking for money. But um, you need. So, yes, money is a priority. But I always have been that type of person who really without sounding cliche or anything, but really want to help people do something that equals uh, making lives better. So if I can make money doing something that I also enjoy and also makes people's lives better, I've hit my sweet spot. So I created those uh, brands, if you will, that met that requirement. The reason that I, you may, you may be wondering, why did I sell if I had created this environment? Why did I, why did I do that? I had built passive income and was doing well. I, I was just honestly just missing the desire to really work with people and help people. The reason that I started that business was to really create content that I wanted to create, but. The necessity of making money meant that I'm not just going to be writing articles about things that I think would be helpful to people. I need to show up with the content people are searching for, which over time largely becomes how to, um, you know, things that I might not be passionate about, but it falls in the category of that niche. Um, It could be product posts to get affiliate income, you know, so a lot of posts that I would have, like one of my sites was in the natural living space. So I would always pick like trending niches that are doing well. People are excited about things are up and coming. 
though I was excited about that topic, I'm not necessarily excited about writing an article on candle wax melts, <laughs> which, which was an actual article. So today. You, could, you, you didn't want to like keep that going and maybe even hire someone to do that. Yeah. It was just better to say, you know what, sell it, cut bait with it now, move on. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a whole different issue. So it was the, the it was the point where I just got kind of um, I hadn't been doing it for about six years, and but the blogging industry as a whole, where where I first started, mm-hmm. um, you could get easily a ten thousand page views on a blog a day um, using like, Pinterest, and I mean it was exploding. Wow. Things would go viral very quickly, and then that uh, Pinterest decided to have an identity crisis <laughs> and completely change their algorithm and. The way that they, you know, did business, um, trying to keep up with the TikToks and all of that. So they didn't realize they were a search engine, but, you know, we, <laughs> we knew that. But <laughs> anyway, so, you know, you went to Pinterest to learn how to do stuff. And, you know, so so bloggers flocked to that and did very, very well. But relying completely on Google search traffic kind of changed the game. So it was less about showing up in a way where you would see something in your feed and be like, ooh, so... So you would write an article that you were passionate about, that you were excited about, because is you know if they followed you and it was engaging enough, maybe it would hit viral. It may not absolutely not be something you were searching for, but you it would capture your attention and say, oh, I really want to you know read that, and it would get in your feed. People would click over and you would get those page views. When you don't have that anymore as a blogger and you're totally reliant mostly upon SEO traffic, now you're. It, it, People aren't, those are things, the passion stuff, you know, the stuff that are, are things that people are searching for. The, 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 you know what I mean? Like the, the, the hard stuff, the things that you really want to share with people, that's not, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. Those are the things people aren't searching for. They're like, how to this, the best such and such to buy. You know, those are the things. And so okay. you can adapt and create content for that, but, you know, you kind of lose the passion. You can't just search like the, what are the trending issues? And like, oh, let me write about that because it's trending and I know I'll get the hits. It's kind of a, I don't right. want to say a cheap way around it because it's probably a smart way around if, if that's all you're looking for, right? But you wanted to get right about something more. What is the um, BuzzFeed? You know, if you, if yeah. you, you know, everyone kind of uses them BuzzFeed type of, um, like the kind of clickbaity. Uh, headlines. So a lot of that stuff, if you scroll through, you're not necessarily searching for any of those things, but it's curiosity driven. You're like, oh, wow. But BuzzFeed is enormous. So a lot of these huge publications people show up to that, you know, you're seeing them on Facebook or whatever, scrolling through. If you follow them, you're you're going to click over because you're like, oh, I want to I want to see what that's about. Mm. But it's not necessarily something you're searching for. If you're a smaller brand blog website, and you're relying on that Google traffic, you're not going to get people searching for probably the stuff that you really, really want to write about. And, you know, I've never been one to, to write about, like, um, like I worked with a guy, he, he, he did like, he said he was all about the money. He was like, I'm about the paycheck. So he did like a blog on car parts because the anal- the data analysis revealed that that was the best niche site to create. Cause you could, I'm like, I'm not writing about car parts. There's he's, no way. He's going to do my oil change uh, copy. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's going to be sending traffic to your oil change course. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me, that's, that's not going to cut it. That would be so boring to me. It would be uh, tragic. Right. But you could, but if you had to, you know, if you wanted to do some dance in there, you could research it, write an article, SEO the crap out of it and probably get some hits and, yeah. and make the money you needed to, if that's what you wanted to do. But Sure. Then you spent your sure. couple of days, whatever, about car parts, and you're like, "Yay!" 
Yeah. Hard parts. But the thing about blogging with that is that you have to be showing up consistently and continuously. You're talking about months and weeks, and then you're building up this. So, I mean, if you can stand it, for me, writing about money, even though I, I like money, writing about money, I, I, I have no desire to write about anything in the financial right. arena. I just don't at all. Or technology. You know, so it's those types of things. So for me as a creative, I, I just I don't find any joy in it whatsoever. So I would rather find do whatever research I have to to find something that I actually enjoy writing about yeah. and then maximize the heck out of it. Well if you if you're passionate about something, you're gonna put in a lot better effort, I yeah. think, right? Some more and I think that'll come out with your like with your clients. So you're talking to yeah. you know, you're working with specific industries that you enjoy and love about it. So I think that'll come out in your work and that's that's everything. You know, it's not the lazy way through. Absolutely. It's like, well, so do you have, uh, so let's just say if you have a client that say it's an ideal situation, like have you ever turned anyone down because they're just a total a-hole <laughs> regardless of the money? <laughs> like if they're just, I don't know, just super douchey, you're just like, ah, eh, you keep your money. I'll, I don't want to, it's not worth dealing with you. Like, have you ever had a situation like that? I have not yet. Um, I have had a couple of uh, friends who have gotten stuck in the cycle of working with somebody who was resembled your description and they were very you say douchey. It's all right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just very condescending um, and treat you kind of like that servant mentality where I just need you to get this done. And, you know, and that can be kind of frustrating. I really try to target specific, like my own specific avatar who hopefully are not don't fit into that category um i haven't i have not no i have not experienced that but when you get on a call and you're talking with them you kind of get a vibe um that you know i I have an interesting story there was uh one of my other friends who said she had a a free sales page audit call that she had with somebody that signed up and the whole time she said it was a complete disaster because she gets on the call and, you know, it's a Zoom call. So you're going over their sales page, trying to give them some advice. And she's in her car talking to her kids the whole time. She's driving. Not even paying she's attention. not paying yeah. any attention. Yeah, totally distracted. Yeah, and she was like, um, th- this was my first one. And I'm like, honey, look, that was, that was the bullet that you just dodged. Because the way that she treated you, the disrespect that she showed you by just – not being there, mm-hmm. being, you know, she was very rude, talking over her, not paying attention, that that was not a client that you were going to want to work with. She was going to be a disaster. So, yeah. you know, that kind of, you can kind of back your way out. And Well, hopefully yeah. it doesn't happen. I mean, you want people that will appreciate, you know, that they're, they're hiring you and just because they're yeah. going to pay you for something doesn't mean that they, you know, can, can act that way. But Act I, like a jerk. You know, and mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, for your friend's example there, I think that's probably, that lady's probably like that anyway you know what i mean i think that yeah. you know just not mm-hmm. she's probably scatterbrained whatever I, who cares right we don't know her right uh, <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah. uh, no that's pretty cool well so what i have on here is i'm gonna add to the uh the show ep- the episode notes for this um we'll get your we'll get your website out there uh and whatever socials we want to get for you um so anyone can yeah. can find you and learn more about what what you do and and how Maybe you could help their business, things like that. So, I mean, you got to have, like, do you crush everyone when you play Scrabble? Like, if this is like your, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you just come up <laughs> with these ideas, you got to have this vocabulary. People are like, what are you, 
don't even know what that word means. It's not a real word. I don't play Scrabble, but I do play the, the, those little, um, what do they call them? Like the, the apps where you do the little word connector. Oh, yeah. You, dra- you drag to the letters. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I don't play phone app games at all. I just I don't have time. I don't, you know. But if I'm like waiting somewhere or I'm stuck in the doctor's office waiting on my kids or whatever, I will play that for as long. And I'm addicted. So, yes, yeah, I love words. And I'm just like yes yes the whole time i'm I'm going to the next level the next level so yeah that's awesome <laughs> i don't play candy crush but i do play those <laughs> uh sorry i'm going to jump back to the uh, my last question too so when you talk to these clients right do you have like obviously you want to keep it like professional right but do you ever find a situation where i don't know it's just too dry and you want to try to find something to lighten the mood a little bit like you know maybe you know some some jokes <laughs> like does that not fly? Like, like, like on a sales call <laughs> yeah i mean I, I tend to have a lighthearted sense of humor so um i tend to you know i'm i'm not really that serious of a person so i usually will kind of crack a joke here and there i don't i don't usually have it where and when you're face to face it makes it a lot easier i think because they kind of see your body language you feel a lot more you know i like to put people at ease i'm an introvert with anxiety Okay, so I tend to, <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I read, you saw my email, I was like, can I take a peek at those questions? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, I don't, it's not that I don't feel comfortable that I'm going to know the answer to your question, but for me, it's like, I'm the kid who was, in, you know, in the, in the class in school where the teacher would be like, I know all the answers, but then when she says, Brandy, what is that, 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 and then I like totally freeze up, yep. like it's there, but I'm like, now everyone's watching me and everyone's listening and now I'm like panicked yeah, of course um so in and and i'm so i'm like i can teach a class i can do public speaking i'm actually you know pretty comfortable in those arenas but like the interview style of like not knowing what's coming is what kind of so i try to so to answer your question i try to put people at ease so, so you know like you know break the ice a little bit make it more casual i really do not try to drive home like a super professional I'm obviously i'm professional but not know yeah we're okay i'm asking you this and that you know because that's not how i roll i i I live in jeans and t-shirts every single day of my life so i'm on a call but i'm not even people say like professional on top i'm i'm still just you know mildly professional on top well i think that's what you i mean i mean that's what i would want i i can't speak for the companies that hire you right but you know that's Mm -hmm. like i do that too so i you know i work in an office job and we sit in these meetings sometimes and sometimes it's just dry I'm like what's going yeah. on here I'm, and i don't always it depends who's in the meeting right i'm not gonna you know yeah. piss off anybody too far ahead of me right but sometimes it's like yeah. you gotta you gotta make some jokes i mean just keep people loose we're all humans here we're all you know we're not saving the world we're just you know we're here getting a paycheck it's like well let's we can have some fun while we're doing it so uh you know you said earlier too about uh, everything's like changing you know have you been on uh threads yet the new social platform i have yeah what I do you have. think of it Honestly, I don't know what to think of it. I, well, it's it's fun because it's the like it's like I said. Um, my first thought was it's giving high school detention when the adult leaves the room. You know, like everybody's on Instagram is like doing their professional thing. We're like selling, we're sharing, but then we hop on threads and everybody's like just like oh nobody's here, nobody's watching us. Let's just you yeah, know it's Twitter. Let's talk about yeah. whatever we want. Yeah. That was the whole vibe for like the first week. I think it's only but maybe two, two maybe, yeah, two weeks in. So um, it's I'm just sitting back, like waiting for like who's going to do the first sales pitch, kind of thing. Right, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to see when it's going to take that turn from like we're just you know 
being, you know, having fun and being ourselves. But um, I think the real thing, and people are talking about that, and it, it was an interesting um, perspective, which was if you're if you find threads so refreshing that you can be yourself, you're marketing the wrong way because you should be being yourself in your marketing everywhere else. Mm. I like that. Really, you know, so so people were just like, yeah, it's, it's almost like I can take my shoes off in here, yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but just take shoes off wherever you are, like be you wherever you show up, just be you and, 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 and know that and like some people are going to hate you and think they can't stand your personality. They don't like your voice. They don't like how you, they don't like your perspective and that's okay because everybody's, you're never going to be liked by everybody. You're not everybody's cup of tea. So I like to just be me wherever I am. And if you don't like it, everyone likes to, wants to be liked. But at the same time, I have the reality to know that it's not, not going to yeah, happen. It's so not going to happen. You're right. Not a big deal. Just try to be a decent human. That's all I'm trying to do is just be be supportive, um, share, be uplifting, really, truly connect. That's what That's what I use social media for. Obviously, I want to share what I do. But uh, when I'm talking, I'm in, 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 in my stories and, and, and in my DMs is really just, you know, trying to connect with people and see, you know, see how they're doing. How can I support them? Some people are almost kind of taken off guard because they're like in the same industry as me. And it's almost like like what you said earlier about a competition thing. But for me, it's like, how can I support you? You know, yeah. um, you know, what are you doing? How you know, do you do this do that? OK, cool. And I'll, I'll shoot you some business because, um, you know, you give it comes back to you. You know, just be a good, decent person. You know, it, it, it comes back around. And it just makes the world a better place without trying to sound too cheesy. But. <laughs> well, it's karma, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I think you're yeah. right. I mean, just I, I like mm-hmm. the approach. You know, you, if you're a good human, eventually, you know, it, it'll it'll rub off on some people. And I think I think that's good advice. Yeah. We mm-hmm. all could stand to be better, better humans. Be, be less douchey. Less douchey. There you say. go. I knew I'd get you. <laughs> <laughs> um Listen, Brandy, any uh, any closing thoughts here? Any shout outs you want to give or uh, last minute anythings? Well, um, I appreciate you having me, first of all. It's been a great chat. And if there are any coaches listening and your ears have perked up and you thought, hey, I have a program and my sales page isn't optimized or it's not bringing in the sales that I thought it was going to, that I know it should be then uh, reach out to me. So you'll, um, all my contact information you said you'll have up there. So um, just give me a shout or reach reach out to me on Instagram or via email or on the forums on my website. And we can have a chat and figure out how we can best um, get things, get your sales re rebooted and reinvigorated and sell out your programs. All right. Well, you heard it, guys. Dude, let's do that. Let's contact Brandy if you need any of that information. Uh, I'll have it in the in the uh, show description after this. But uh, thanks for checking into the show and uh, stay casual. Mm-hmm.